Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.friendlychurch.com. Happy Sabbath, everyone. You know, uh, a coach without a team is what? No coach, right? A president, president, did I say president? Maybe I should not go there. <laughs> Without a country is no president, right? And a pastor without a church is no pastor. I'm standing here in front of you very grateful that I'm pastoring here, me and my family with Pam, pastoring here at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church. I want to say a sincere, honest thank you to all of those who signed the card, to all of those who made a contribution for your generous monetary um, um, uh, gift last Sabbath. We really, really appreciate you, and we love you with all our hearts. So I just wanted to say that before I go in my message today. Um, I'm grateful that we are here. Um, let's bow our heads for one more prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for being with us so far in this service. And Lord, I pray that you will take over. Like my brother Sam said, I pray that you will guide my thoughts and my words and that they will reach people who need to hear and what you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 2020 or 2020, however the accent is, 2020. What can you say about 2020? Obviously, a lot of things can be said, right, about 2020. Even here at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church in Middletown, Kentucky, we have a lot to say about 2020. That's why we have a business meeting tomorrow here at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church. And if you want to hear about reports coming from various ministries and myself, please come. And if you can't attend in person, uh, you can attend via Zoom. And it's on the email. So you can attend via Zoom and be here with us. So you can hear what has been going on here in 2020. There is a lot. Well, today, the first Sabbath of November, the gratitude month. My question today is, what can we be grateful in 2020? What we can be grateful for in 2020? Can we be thankful of anything? Is there anything of praise? Today's message is entitled, Principles of Praise. You know, when God created the universe, He created laws that governs it. The laws discovered by Scientists throughout the ages, Newton is one of them. 
take a look at Newton, Newton's law of universal gravitation. That looks complicated, right? Well, you see it and you experience every day in your life. Take a look at this. This is a Bible. I'm not going to drop it from high. I'm just going to, if I let it go, it falls down, right? My remote, if I let it go, it falls down. That's it. That's simple. There are laws that govern our physical world, and just as there are laws that govern our physical world, there are also laws that govern our spiritual life. Praise lifts one's thoughts from the cares of this life and gets the focus on God. I call this law, <clears throat> these, these laws, the fundamental principles of praise. One such spiritual principle is thankfulness towards God is essential to maintaining a meaningful relationship with Him. Let's look at what David has to say in Psalm 77. Because in Psalm 77, what I look is, he, he goes from discouragement to praise as he reflects in his, on his life. And there are two ways of how we can look at one, one's life. There's only two ways I can look at my life. So please open with me your Bibles to Psalm 77. I was going to put it on the screen, but it's a, there are 20 verses, so I want you to see it in hard copy, or if you have a tablet or a bigger phone, you know, I want you to see that chapter in one glance. It makes sense once you see it. So, Psalm 77, beginning with verse 1 and I am using New King James Version of the Bible. Psalm 77, verse 1, I cried out to God with my voice, David said, to God with my voice, and He gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble, in the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord my hand was stretched out in night without ceasing. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. I hold my eyelids. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of the ancient times. And David looks at God's holiness and he remembers by comparison the deeds, his own deeds, and the deeds of his people towards God. And what he can see is nothing but rebellious sin. He says in verse 6, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. He's really make a deep reflection of his life in his people will the lord cast off forever and will he be favorable favorable no more verse 8 has his mercy ceased forever has his promise failed forever 
Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? And I said, this is my anguish. I mean, when I look at what I have done and how my people treated the Lord and how I did it to the Lord, that's discouraging. But I will remember the ears of the right hand of the Most High. What David is saying is, I'm going to shift my attention on the positive things. I'm going to look at how the Lord treated us. Not how the Lord, how we treated the Lord. Verse 11, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have with your own arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you and they were afraid at the Red Sea. The depths also trembled. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Your arrows also flashed out. The voice of your thunder was in the midst, was in the whirlwind. The lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was in the sea, your path in the great waters, and your footsteps were not known. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Can you see that transition? If you were to, to look at the entire psalm in your Bibles, I like those of you who look at the hard copy, you see the first part, he is depressed looking at his own deeds and his own things. And he said, wait a minute, I got to focus on this God because this God is an awesome God. And then he turns to praises. When David is looking at what he did and how his people treated the Lord, his failures, there is fear and anguish. But when he lifted his attention at what the Lord did for him and for his people, he begins to praise the Lord. Everyone has trials and difficulties in life, and everyone has also blessings. And here is another principle. Here is another principle of praise. We have a choice to dwell on either the difficulties or the blessings. Dwell on the blessings and you will praise God. Look at this flower. Here it is. It's a rose, right? Roses have thorns. All of us have roses and thorns along the path of life. We can either praise God for the flower, for the rose itself, or curse the thorns. I can guarantee you will have better emotional, physical, and spiritual health if you praise God for the roses. Here is what Ellen White writes in her book, Steps to Christ, on this principle of praise. 
Many walking along the path of life dwell upon their mistakes and failures and disappointments. And their hearts are filled with grief and discouragement. The briars and thorns will only wound and grieve you if you would gather only those things and present them to others. Are you not preventing those around you from walking in the path of life? Wow. What she's saying is, when you dwell on your mistakes and failure, you become a pessimist, dismissing the power of God in your life, and by living a negativistic life, you are pre preventing those around you from coming to God, from knowing God. That's Exactly the opposite of evangelism, right? A negative Christian repels people from God. And she goes on to say, It is not wise to gather together all the unpleasant recollection of a past life, its iniquities and disappointments, to talk over them and mourn over them until we're overwhelmed with discouragement. And trust me, I've seen that. I met people and they keep talking about their negative stuff in their lives. And they keep remembering and keep uh, uh, retelling the story and the story and the story. And they, they only suffer more and more. And she says this. A discouraged soul is filled with darkness. Is filled with what? Darkness. Are we not called to be the light of the world? A discouraged soul is filled with darkness, shutting out the light of God from his own soul. And not only that, but is casting a shadow upon the pathway of others. I love that little book, Steps to Christ. It's amazing. Everyone has roses in life as well as thorns. How much better it is to praise God for the roses. Dwell on the blessings, my friends. Our praises to God benefit us, benefit others, and benefit God. See, when God created us, He created us in His own image. And one of the characteristics of being like God is to, to have emotions and feelings. When we praise God and give Him thanks for our many blessings, it pleases God and it makes Him happy. This may sound somewhat strange because we often think of God as a, a complete being and not needing anything. But see, that's not how God works. When God creates something, he never gives up on his creation. When he created something, <clears throat> he created that for his pleasure and to be in relationship with that creation. And when he created the jewel of creation, which is human beings, he loved to be intimate with human beings. Beings. That's why we see God. I, I, I said that a week ago or two weeks ago. I don't, I don't recall when. But, you know, we see God walking in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. 
God wanted that intimate relationship with him. So <clears throat> when we praise God and give him thanks for our many blessings, it pleases God, makes him happy. Paul says that our faith pleases, pleases God in Hebrews eleven six. Just as our words and action can bless others, so also our words and action can bless God. Christ Object Lessons, page 298. The Lord desires us to make mention of His goodness and tell of His power. He is honored by the expression of praise and thanksgiving. He says, whoever praises glorifies me. Glorifies me. And when you praise God, praise the Father. Praise God the Father. Another principle of praise for this month. I know it's natural for Christians to focus on Jesus rather than on the Father. Because Jesus became one of us. Jesus suffered for us and died for us on the cross for our sins. Jesus is our Savior. I believe Jesus wants us to realize deep within our hearts... He wants us to realize who the Father is and how great is His matchless love for us. we got to remember that it is the Father who sent His Son to save us. It is the Father who draws us to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Jesus Himself said this, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him to Him. When Jesus instructs us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. How did He instruct us to pray? Our Father in Heaven. Jesus instructs us to pray our Father. We're praying to our Heavenly Father. Praise the Father is another principle of praise this month. And praise God for the Holy Spirit. Jesus says... I will pray the Father, see, he prays to the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you, Jesus says. I will keep my promise that I'm always with you, Jesus says. And how am I going to be keeping that promise? How am I going to be with you always? Through the Spirit whom the Father will send to you. And He did. On the day of Pentecost... After praying and fasting, after much searching of their hearts and being united in the same prayer, same desire, same purpose, the disciples received the Holy Spirit. It is what we call the early rain experience of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? That same power... That same Holy Spirit power has been available to us ever since. Jesus says, I will not leave you orphans. You are not on your own. 
You got me through the Holy Spirit. The infilling of the Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit is absolutely necessary for the Christians to grow, to grow in their relationship with Jesus. Testimonies for the church, volume 6, page 80, volume 6, page 86. Ellen White says, Impress upon all the necessity of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the sanctification of the members of the church, so that they will be living, growing, fruit-bearing trees of the Lord's planting. Can you see how Ellen White links sanctification with baptism of the Holy Spirit? My friends, there is no other way to be holy. There is no other way to be set apart, to be different than the world we live in, except as we are baptized, as we are asking that the Holy Spirit comes in us and lives in us. Daily he received a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, Ellen White says. And if Jesus needed a daily experience with the Holy Spirit, so much more we need that experience. Apostle Paul says, be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians 5.8. And what he means, be continually filled, daily filled with the Spirit. Now, you might say, what does that have to do with praise? Well, good question. I'm glad you asked. The only way to experience fruit of the Spirit is to be Spirit-filled. Without the fruit of the Spirit, the praise and thanksgiving to God will fall short of God's desire for us as Christians. It is through the daily baptism or the infilling of the Spirit that Jesus lives most fully through us. And as we grow in the Spirit-filled experience, we will more readily express praises and thanksgivings to God. And knowing Jesus in this way, we will be ready for His second coming. Praise God for His Holy Spirit is another principle of praise for this month. I should say a fundamental principle of praise. And praise God for His love, for His love for us. Now, here is something that is very simple, yet very profound. Think about it. Knowing God loves us is the most important thing we can know about God. I know people want to know of, of, his, of his creative abilities, of his omniscient capabilities, of, of everything yet. But knowing that God loves us, is the most important thing we need to know. And this knowledge that God loves us, it needs not to be just based on intellectual facts about God. This knowledge that God loves us must be experiential. The more deeply people know God loves them, the more of the fullness of God they will experience. Praise for God's love and mercy will naturally come out when that happens. That's why heaven is filled with praises toward God. 
We see that in Revelation 4 and 5. Heaven is filled with praises not because people there are sinners undeserving of God's love. No, they're perfect. Know deep within themselves that God loves them, which fills their hearts with praise. The more we know God loves us, the more peace, joy, and faith we'll have in our hearts. I know when we sang that song that Sam referred to, the first song you guys sang, there is nothing God cannot do for us. He'll go through mountains, through doors, to anything. John, the beloved, the beloved disciple wrote this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. My friends, it is impossible to be to be filled with praise in our hearts toward God if our hearts are filled with fear. But when our hearts are relieved of fear because they're filled with the Spirit, we know that God loves us and will naturally express more praise to God for His love for us. So, praise cannot exist in a heart filled with fear, but in a heart in a heart filled with the Holy Spirit. Genuine praise cannot exist in a heart that is filled with anger and unforgiveness either. Apostle Paul says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. If people cling to anger, it gives Satan the right of entry in their lives. He says, don't give place to the devil into your heart. Cherished anger, it is known to bring feelings of depression, anxiety, fear, sadness, heaviness, critical attitudes, rebelling against authority, pride, and even suicidal thoughts. And it can also bring a whole variety of physical diseases. Can you see the fruit of the Spirit in any of those things? No. When negative emotions are in the heart, it is impossible to feel or express genuine, deeply felt praise to God. Let me assure you that love, anger, and unforgiveness cannot dwell in the same heart. One one of them has to be out. What's the, what's, what is the goodness for the Christians these days? It is the news that Christ, that Jesus wants to be with us and wants to be in us. And the only way to have Jesus live in us through, is through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How can we then remove anger and unforgiveness from our hearts? Well, first, we must know that God forgives us all our sins. And secondly, we must realize and we must remember that we are naturally not forgiving. We, we, we are naturally unforgiving because of our sinful nature. It's more natural for us to be unforgiving and vengeful. It is impossible for us to forgive those who have wronged us by simply trying hard 
to forgive them. The good news is that Jesus overcame this temptation of unforgiving. Paul says this, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15 That's why it's so important to have Christ live within us. Because He can do it. When He lives in us, and the only way He lives in us is through His Holy Spirit. And when we're tempted to be angry, when we're tempted to be unforgiving, we can ask Jesus to show His forgiveness through us. That's awesome, right? I love this counsel to the Christians in Philippi. Apostle Paul wrote it. That's in, uh, in Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Praise in our prayer builds our faith. Hmm. These verses point out that worry and anxiety can be avoided if we include thanksgiving when we bring our concerns to God in prayer. Why is thanksgiving very important when we pray? It's important because our thanksgivings takes our mind to the blessings we have, uh, takes our mind from, from our problems to the blessings we have from God. It lifts our focus to God and away from our worldliness. It helps us to build, to build faith. I remember what my advisor, Dr. Darren Morris, told us in one of his classes when he was... Uh, teaching us how to pray, he said that in his personal prayers, he first praises God for everything he can think of for that day. And by the time he comes to his request to God, his problems have become really, well, very small or very insignificant. My friends, praise in our prayer will build our faith in God. We live in a very developed, developed technologically society, and, and, and this can have a kind of a double-edged uh, sword effect on our minds and on our faith. On one hand, we can analyze and philosophize and try to explain anything and everything these days, right? On the other hand, we can just pause in awe when we look at God's creation with the help of technology. I know two years ago when my mom was here, we were just, it was on a Sabbath evening walking back. We crossed the bridge into Indiana and we walked back. And guess what? They had a telescope right there. I think there were people from uh, University of Louisville. And we were able to see the moon. We actually took pictures with our phone to the moon directly. That was awesome. That was awesome. We live in this space when, when, in a space age when we can, through telescopes and other things, we can actually see photos of galaxies, planets, and stars. 
how amazing and how vast this universe is. And when we look at the universe through the telescope or anything like that, it brings us to the right perspective of who we are. We're so small, right? We're so small. Or when we look, when we look through, through a microscope, so we go from the telescope to the microscope and look at our human body. Man, we're amazed how intricate the various parts of the body are. You know, I mean, look at the eye. I mean, it, it's so simple, yet it's very sophisticated. Scientists, they, they barely start to, to, to unveil the, the secrets and complexity of the brain. For the, for the Christian, that's just another reason, another reason to praise God. David said, um, David said, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. So, as we stepped into November, we learned a few principles of praise today, right? Principles of praise for this month. The law of praise affects our relationship with our God. Just as there are laws in the physical world, there are laws of praise that helps us to connect with God. To dwell on the blessings. When you do dwell on the blessings, you will praise God. Focus on the roses. We all have blessing trials and blessings, but focuses on roses gives us a reason to praise God. Because our praises benefit God. Yes, God is pleased when we praise Him. He is blessed with our praise. And when you praise God, praise the Father. Not just Jesus, but the Father who loved us so much that He gave us His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It is always good to remember that the Father sent Jesus to die for us and praise for the Holy Spirit and His role that He plays in our lives today, these days. Being filled with the Spirit can make all the difference in the world. And if you want to know about that, ask one of the people that are attending a part of this Holy Spirit small groups. They will tell you that pray uh, that the Holy Spirit is a life-changing, life-giving opportunity for them. And praise dispels anger and unforgiveness. It is either love, God's love that fills our hearts, or unforgiveness. There is no room for both in our hearts. When we are filled with His Spirit, we give praise because His love pushes out anger and unforgiveness out of our hearts. And praise builds our faith. Oh, I want so much our church, our brothers, to be filled with the Spirit and, and to, to have more faith. Johann Sebastian Bach, the great composer, German composer, said this, all music should have no other end and aim than the glory of God and the soul's refreshment. Where this is not remembered, 
there is no real music. And guess what he did? I, I, I took, you know, a, a few pictures from the internet. Every single composition that Bach wrote, he had at the top two initials, JJ. That stands for the Latin Jesus Juva, which means Jesus help me. So when he started every single composition, he says, Jesus help me. And he ended at the end with initial SDG, the initials for Soli Dei Gratia, which means to God alone be the glory. I pray that you and I can say the same thing today and every day this month and every day of our lives, to God alone be the glory. Amen.